Hey everybody, my name is Alex. I'm coming at you straight from the perch, and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started, I wanted to say that I actually did a canned intro live just now, but there'll be a couple of changes because I want to change up the way the podcast works. Um, nothing too major, but just know that like I'm going to try and do things about news and all that other fun jazz and just like make the podcast a little bit more well-rounded because I the thing I should do and I just don't do it because I do this because I like to do it but I also want it to be of value to you the listener so um just know that going forward um and before we get to what we're talking about today I just want to bring up a couple of news stories first off um (laughs) Netflix is given um, Scott Pilgrim a more than fair shot because it's working with, um, I forget that, I want to say Brian Lee O'Malley, but I don't think that's correct, the original author of um, Scott Pilgrim, and I forget what studio, oh, Science Saru, to um, produce a new Scott Pilgrim anime for... Netflix release, obviously, and so all the building blocks of that seem like it's going to be a good thing, but you know, it's Netflix, so up in the air, I guess, and the other news story I wanted to bring up was because I think it was, I think it's interesting, and it allowed me to comment on it, on something that I comment on a lot, if you listen to the show, Um, the new, the second core of the final season of Attack on Titan premiered um, in the, I want to say in the past couple weeks as it was a recording of this, and it it crashed both Funimation and um, Crunchyroll. Like, it crashed the entire site on on either end, meaning you couldn't watch it if you weren't lucky. And what I want to say here is... Both of those companies have Sony money behind them. There's no reason their websites should be crashing because something is too popular. It's just that shouldn't be a thing. Um, but I just thought that was interesting because now it's we have a essentially, if you remember when Dragon Ball Super was still on the air. Crunchyroll was useless every time. Dragon Ball Super was had a new episode out. <laughs> like for for that day, which is like, ah, if you want to watch, I don't know, something not Dragon Ball Super, then just don't just don't just don't it'll suck. And Crunchy will tell you to go to Verve and now I don't believe that they have an association with Verve, so they can't even do that. But I just thought it was an interesting, odd, bad thing that shouldn't happen, so I wanted to just highlight it here. And now, without further ado, let's get to what we're talking about this week. And that is Sword Art Online Alternative Gun Gale Online. Princess Kai, the song, so 
Now, I definitely talked about Sword Art Online before before this, and I might have even talked about Gun Gale Online on this very on this very podcast. Um, I believe I don't believe I have, but if you find it, if you find it in the feed, this is probably going to be more extensive, and it's also related to my like recent adoption of VR. I'm literally touching the like hard case for my um for my Oculus Quest 2 that's sitting on the second shelf of the little desk I've built myself. And what So what's the most interesting thing about at least from an from an old from an old taku like me perspective about VR right now is VR is finally starting to take off in a way that would support really big projects like an MMO or something of that nature. And of course, there will always be the like, and I've talked, I mentioned this in the description for the pot for the Sunday edition on VR theaters. There will always be the nightmare slash dream scenario of the otaku world, which is the Sword Art Online like idea of fantasy 
of VR. And there are um, companies developing a head a VR headset called the Half Dive that is modeled after, specifically after the headset used in Sora Online. Um, a new um, a new VR MMO that just got a release date called Zenith is explicitly modeled after a Sword on Online like experience. So much so that they have a avatar that's themed after Kir- after Kirito from Sword on Online. But and I want to start here by saying. Sword Online is not the only, it's by no means the only trapped in a game scenario. There are tons of them. But Sword Online is not also the best, it's also not the best, in my opinion at least. I, I, talk, I talked about um, Log Horizon um, on this podcast. You can probably find that in the feed. But. Log Horizon does everything really well that Sword Art Online doesn't. And it does it in a way that really, that pretty skillfully avoids the the pitfalls of made by Sword Art Online. And the original author of Sword Art Online, who I forget his name, but he, I think, I believe he did his mid-50s has admitted, like, uh, he uses certain story tropes, A, to exhaustion, and B, when they shouldn't be used, and in wait, and he uses certain story tropes that should just be avoided. Quite often, he has, like, had had female lead characters suffer from all kinds of sexual abuse, um, imprisonment, all kinds of, like, just, just generally bad, gross shit. And he has said, like, I want to be more careful about my use of female characters since <laughs> I I hear fans' complaints about it and I, like, sit down with my own work and I look back at it and I don't like what I see. And it, it, it takes a lot of... I will give him the fact that it takes a lot of courage to look at your own to look at your own work in that way and say like I have some growing to do but what's really interesting is that he's kind of he he's done just sort of progression of the way he's told his story something that something like log horizon hasn't done Log Horizon has the one game, the one game that exists, and Log Horizon has told its story in such a way where it's not, it, it very rarely interacts with the outside world, outside the game, with reality, but what it does do is when it interacts with reality, it makes it meaningful and heavy in a way that feel right for the storyline, for the story they're telling in that show. In in sort in the sort of in the SAO universe, 
that that they've kind of created with um with Gungale Online here. Gungale Online was created for the second um for the second or third season of SAO. And it was used as just a like trapping to tell a story in. But the concept of the like world seed, which is what they use to make all these different full dive VR things, full 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 dive VR games, allows them to have a kind allows this world to have a kind of open endedness that is pretty crafty from a marketing and like continuation. Um, perspective in a way that lets that it gives that property the ability to exist beyond its primate author, and in that, in that concept, you get something like Sora Online Alternative Gun Gale, and the two the two really helpful things about. Um, about Gungale is you spent time in that world before. So you have a degree of familiarity with what it is. You recognize the look and feel. You kind of understand the rules. But the other part of it is because you have all that, you can folk, you can do what many times good like stories in a universe of a different story do, which is this whole thing feels like you're looking just to the left of frame. And the way they do that is they bring you five years into the future from the from the catastrophe that was Sword Art Online and they and they mention it as this big, like, world-shocking thing that then everybody just fucking ignored. Everybody just kind of ignored and was like, oh, other companies are coming out with full-dive headsets. This seems safe, even though it really doesn't feel like it. And you meet the... You meet your... You meet your main... You meet your main character who is this girl who appropriately um, named named Karen in the English dub. I think probably also in the Japanese dub. And she had a complex about her height. She's like, I think she's a university student, but she's like a mile goddamn tall. And they, they the, the thing I like is they make her realistically just a big lady <laughs> constantly. And she gets into full dive VR games because she wants to feel like a small, like a tiny person. And as somebody who, uh, at this point, has spent a lot of hours in VR chat using a avatar that is very easily like seven feet and much taller than me, I can say like that's a real that's a real thing. Like I, I feel 
meaningfully taller in VR chat because of the avatar I use. And they make a gag out of it originally and like you you see it going through all these games and like either ending up as like a giant or like a mermaid or something else and like she keeps freaking herself out so hard that she hits the um exasperation requirements for the headset to like eject her from the game forcibly shut down and that's a that scene actually func- that scene actually functions in two ways first way it functions in is she it shows you that what the what the show has proposed is a real thing is that the safety features built into the headset that will make sure you don't die in... If you die in VR, you don't die in real life. The other way it... The other way it changes... The, the other way, obviously, the comedy of seeing her freak herself out again and again and again. <laughs> like, and... That brings me to my first point here, which is really important. There's a kind of gross sexualization that runs through all of Sword Art Online, like all of Sword Art Online, like the proper story. It is all has this like very male gazy, creepy. Even more, even more so than most otaku-focused media, to it, and there's also this like default chauvinism of Kirito as a character as he exists, and like his relationship with into Asuna, with into other female characters, um, it just all feels like gross, like. It the the best way I can kind of describe it is it feels the way Nami pre time skip and Nami post time skip in One Piece makes you feel when you see her at first post time skip, which if you either don't remember or haven't seen that in a while, pre time skip she's like a late teens. She's like a night. I think she's nineteen pre-time skip, and she's just like it, the only sexualization you see is like when she puts it out there to basically take people for all their worse. But when you see her post-time skip, there's a whole lot of like sexualization of her as a character, of her as like a version of the female form. It's it's a, it's basically a nightmare. Um, and the, that kind of like gross over-sexualization of female characters and their, and their like relationship of importance only in so far as they are related to Kirito, the main male character, just doesn't exist in this show. But the other thing that I want to, um... The other thing I want to um, point out here that's really important is it's not like male characters don't exist. And if you've ever seen a show like K-On! or countless other 
like Moe sit around eating cake and drinking tea and doing nothing shows. They're all fine and well and good. There's just like absence of men that at least as me watching always strikes me as odd. And it's not that like I like need men in a show to enjoy it. That is absolutely not the case. But this like ignoring of one's part of reality to support like some like weird idealized but not idealized fantasy scenario just takes me out of shows often like like I said like the the absence of a male figure in almost any way shape or form is very strange and in this show you have male characters like M you have Male, like, male background characters who get meaningful lines. And you have, later on in the show, like, a bunch of different male characters. And these different characters give you this idea that, like, this is a real fleshed out universe. That, like, the very, in, like, the very first episode of. Gungale, you meet these P- basically PMCs who are training using Gungale online to train effectively, and they, they end up surrendering actually. But you also don't, but because they have like actual male characters and they have male characters that have like just normal relationships with all the female with all the female main char- main characters with the exception of M but we'll we'll get to him um it doesn't feel unnatural in any way and that's important because what Gungale online so effectively does is it is it removes a lot of the, like, stuff with... It removes a lot of the stuff in SAO that make SAO a struggle to enjoy. And what I mean by that is it... And it also adds one key thing that allows you to, like, put essentially the game mechanics of Gun Gale Online out of your mind for a minute and you can just enjoy, enjoy the show as it is. And you can enjoy the use of those mechanics in a real meaningful way. So by getting rid of like the weird over-sexualization and male gaze and creepiness around female characters, you have a meaningful difference in how the show feels by actually having a main character the main character be a woman and have a, the main supporting character be women in many cases you get rid of that you also get rid of that you lessen that by a lot because you now have this like big scary fucking military militarized like gun world as seen and experienced 
primarily through the eyes of young women. And then, like I said, you have the addition of game mechanics that function the same way every time, that are not unbelievable, that that have like an A to B to A to B to C to to E to D kind of like progression. Like in Karen slash Len's case, um her her name in the game is Len. She her character is so small that she's so fast that no one can hit her. That people have a really hard time hitting her, rather. And she uses a lighter weight weapon and lighter weight, like, ammunition holsters so that she can continue to just move as fast as humanly possible. Um, and the... That informs, A, her way to uh, her weight her way to play, and B, her, um, her interaction with other players in combat. And they, the other thing that they do really well here is in, so one of the things that makes, and I'm going to bring up Log Horizon here again, one of the things that makes Log Horizon so fun is that they, they, when they focus on, like, big fight scenes and that, they're not, like, big, necessarily, like, big fight scenes in most anime. They're, like, big, they're, like, big fights you have in MMOs. They are, in one case, at least, at the very least, hundreds of characters against one giant dragon, or a team of four people against one person. It. A very video game gamer gamified scenario with rules that once they introduce them, they are salt. They are concrete rules until they are changed by like a system admin level kind of character. Um, and they give you rules explicitly knowing. That eventually that rule may change. They give you rules as kind of like a, um, as like a sort of Damocles scenario, like in in the in the main town in Log Horizon, in the town that they all kind of live in. I forget what the town's name is. They have a protection. They have like a protection field that keeps monsters from coming into the town, and gives this like place this feeling of a respite and eventually I think in season in in season two they get to a point where they're like um we we're gonna have to turn off the barrier which is going to be very bad <laughs> like this shit out there that like a level one kid like a level five kid who's never been strong enough to leave the town safely because you die and you lose memories in that thing. And it's, it, it's a fucked up nightmare thing. The like reality they create for, um, dying in log horizon. But you, when they do that, there's consequences and they deal with those consequences. And it's once again, an A to B to C to D to C to E to D 
kind of scenario. And Gun Gale Online also does that really effectively. It takes the rules and there are consequences to when rules are either mistakenly or on purpose misused. <laughs> like in the first um in the first tournament when a character tried to kill Len and keeps shooting her. She's like, why won't she die? She shoots it because she's shooting her, um, like, math module thing. And it's classified as an immortal object. Meaning it's, like, a world thing that can't be screwed with. Um, there's also a... There's also a mechanic in that game where... If a body is, if a player dies, their body becomes an immortal object and stays on the field for, I think, 10 minutes, which is like a long time in a gunfight. <laughs> and there's an incident of a character being used as a prop for a tank, an anti-tank rifle. And <laughs> using those rules in that way on behalf of the show, the show's plot, and the characters themselves, means that those characters aren't playing that game the same way they've played, like, Alfheim Online or Short On Online. It means that they've been playing this game like a game, and... it's a meaningful departure from react from quote unquote reality or a power fantasy. They are actually ba- not only bound by the rules of the game, but using those game rules in unique ways once they figure it out. Like, hey, we don't, we can't make a. This thing doesn't have a stand. We need a way to have a stand. And then a character is like, okay, I'll sit down. You can use my shoulder, and I will block. And when I die, I'll be in the, like, pose. And you can use me for another ten minutes after I die. And all that mixes together to, A, be really useful and interesting from a plot standpoint. Because a lot of it has to do with, like, plot points of, like, how, how Len or other characters win fights. Um, there's a character named, um, Miu, who's actually Len's best friend in the real world, who eventually gets grenade launchers. And she practices with these grenade launchers to such an extent that she understands how they behave in world. So Len can, like, just scream coordinates and she's like, okay, and launches grenades. Exactly on that place because she practiced with them so much. And this is a really odd quirk of Sword On of of the difference between Sword Online and Log Horizon. Log Horizon feels like a trapped in a game anime, like an isekai, like a isekai trapped in a in a game anime that was made by a person and people who have played video games before. Who understand, and not just video games, but MMO social style video games where 
the only reason you're playing it is not to, like, get a Tetris. Like, you play it because you hang out with your friends while you play, and it, that's a different experience than playing a game solo or, like, a puzzle game or something like that. Sword Art Online feels like someone who understood the concept of what an MMO is, but then didn't spend enough time fleshing out the mechanics so that, not only so that they could do interesting plot things with them, absolutely, but so they didn't upset you <laughs> when something was wrong or missing or weird. The thing about Gun Gale Online is they are free to treat it like a game because it is. But the one thing I will say that was a struggle for me is towards the end of the show is they introduce this, they introduce kind of the like, not so much the antagonist, but the like, I mean, antagonist would be a good thing um, of, of Peter Hui, the, one of the main, one of the main characters of the show. Is like revealed to be obsessed with Sword Art Online and is obsessed with the idea of having a of having an experience like Sword Art Online, and she engineers it so that that will be her experience. And throughout the story, you um realize that M, the like big, this like big guy character, is actually this like very pretty boy looking weirdo who's like absolutely in love with the person who's really behind Peter Hooley. Like the actual character who's behind Peter Hooley. And it becomes this big melodramatic thing that the show has set you up to not take seriously because it's not that kind of show. And I'm not saying it needed to be like super rapey the way um, the Alfheim Online Sword Art Online 2 arc is. Uh, but it... It could have been... Or the Alfheim Online um, Sword Art Online arc is. It could have been set up in just the slightly better way so you feel that gravity when you get to it. And it... But I will say that if it had that kind of gravity, it wouldn't have this kind of, like, fun, light air that really helps the show along and and helps the show avoid becoming quite as melodramatic and full of bullshit as... Sword Art Online definitely became. And lots of people make fun of people who like Sword Art Online. And hilariously, like now in the age of our VR, people are very much fucking forgetting that like Sword Art Online, like that concept is a bad thing. Like we don't want that. (laughs) Like we don't want full dive to have control of our fucking brains. It's a bad idea. Like we, we want we want 
us to be doing the controlling at all times. Um, but the other thing is, is the, um, the core concept of Zora Online is not a bad one. It just very clearly need it. It started in such a flawed place, partially because of the time it came out and like the the everything around it, obviously. But what Gungale Online does so effectively that so effectively fixes so much of what we all of what drives us all insane about Sword Art Online, like the like the everything about it so to speak. But because it starts in such a better place, in such a simplified place, and and takes too long to move away from that, it doesn't... When it wanted to tell a more complex and more... dramatic story it couldn't really do that because it's this like fun loving nothing's too serious nothing's too um nothing's too serious nothing everything's really fun kind of thing and what it does really well actually is it manages to like make you the viewer have fun in this scenario that does not, at first glance, seem look like fun. It looks like this drab, over-militarized concept of a game, and then they give you these like this like cast of like adorable little girls just running around, uh, basically murdering people. Like not real murdering people, but also murdering people. Um. And it, it go it one thing I will also say, and this is really important, it it goes out of its way to say like, look, like just because you can fire a gun in in this video game world does not mean it's that easy. And there's a specific scene where um early on where um Len and Peter Huey before they have their, like, give them, uh, having a conversation, and, and Pito says, like, I tried firing a gun in real life, it sucks. <laughs> like, I, the aim assist, you, there's an aim assist program in this video game that makes this fun. <laughs> like, and Len's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, just point your gun in that direction, and wait for your, um, target circle to pop up. And, like, just fire the gun, see what happens. And she's like, it, it hit perfectly. And she's like, okay, try it again, but like, try to miss. She's like, I couldn't miss. And that gives you this excuse for like the like for like the fun violence to be okay in a way that is not that that the creator of this thing very clearly was like. There's a lot of gunplay. There's like a, an alarming amount of just like people shooting guns. I need to create a barrier around this that says this is not like, this is not 
super realistic to shooting a gun. And what that does is it lessens the violence, the like realism of the violence to a point where you can just be okay with it. And a lot of what this show's like secret sauce is, is it's doing things to lessen the impact of things on you as you watch the show. But like I said, because it's not quite as um it doesn't handle the, the drama that it introduces quite as well or quite as early as it should have, it it that drama doesn't hit super well. Um and the other thing that it starts to do, and it thankfully ends before it can do too much of this. Is it starts to, at moments, at key moments, lean on Sword Art Online too, in a in a way that says like, where they're like talking about the legend of Kirito and like all these other and like all this other stuff, and it doesn't. Like, this show is completely successful without needing to be in the Sword Online universe. It being in the Sword Online universe just gives it a pre-existing fan base to that can latch onto it that will watch it regardless. But as its own thing, it's completely... It's completely sound. And I understand that they, like, brought in the Kirito stuff and, like, flashbacks and stuff because they want to strengthen that, but it doesn't... Because it has sort... It has SAO in front of the Gun Gale Online thing, and even the Gun Gale Online title is a title of a game from SAO. It's tough to imagine who they're actually doing this all for. Especially since because it's in the universe, they they repeatedly mention like, oh, this, this, and this happened in this universe. And at the point at which this came out in 2018, nobody, nobody who's this deep in has not heard of, possible, had not at the very least heard of or is familiar with Sword Art Online. So, like, it... But in terms of, like, a sort of an online thing, I would say that this is probably one of the best ones. The movies are pretty okay. Um, and the... It's just a really fascinating... It's a really fascinating thing as a show because very few spin-offs like this work. So I'll give you the perfect example. There's a um, show called, uh, and I've covered it in the, I believe I've covered it in um, this podcast, um, called Genshiken. And in Genshiken there's this like manga that got an anime spin-off that all the main characters are into. And the manga an anime was not particularly designed to be 
fleshed out and be a thing that you could like follow. Like they give you enough where there's connective tissue, but it's mostly supposed to be just like, oh yeah, they all watch this anime. This is a big anime, like Pokemon or something. And then they went and they made that show. <laughs> That's a, like a real thing. I forget even what the thing is called. And as far as I know, not a whole lot of people watched it or liked it. It it was pretty generic. (laughs) And not necessarily worth making. So just in the fact that Gungale Online can stand on its own two feet. And you you could take the Sword Online stuff out. And you would still have a viable show here. That's a really fascinating success of a thing that doesn't often happen. Um, And on that note, I think this is where I'm going to end it. If you like this podcast, new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Thursday is more of a traditional show like this. um, And it's usually about a, you know, movie or show or some. Sometimes, rarely, I'll do a whole show on a manga, though I have my own, like, special um, format for, specifically for covering manga that I like. Um, and the Sunday show is more metatextual, it's more about fandom. Um, you can go back and you can listen to last Sunday's show, which is all about um, the application of VR and being able to go to the movies with your friends. And see like an anime movie in like a th- almost a pretty great theater experience. Um, and on that note, I've been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk to you on Sunday. Nigga, <laughs> 